Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Getting ready to represent Christ to your world today. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Today, we talked in the first hour with uh, Nick Hall. We're talking about the Year of the Bible. We want you to check that out at Year of the Bible. Uh-oh, is it .com or .org? I'm going to have to look back. I'll have to type it in and see. Um, year of the Bible. Type in Year of the Bible. It'll pop up. Um, all right, so where in the Word are you today? Uh, yesterday, during Sunday school, um, I was roaming around with 7th and 8th graders in texts related to the church and the unity of the church and talking about the witness that we as Christians have an opportunity to have in the world as a people who are unified around Christ, unified in love for one another, unified um, in mutual concern for the world that God so loves, and yet the ways in which even as 7th and 8th graders, they recognize that the church is divided in terms of um, of her witness and sometimes in terms of her theology. And so um, we talked about uh, what it looks like as individuals and then you know, and then more collectively as bodies of believers, uh, what it looks like to cultivate the mind of Christ. And could Christ's mind ever be divided? And the answer is no. I mean, the mind of Christ is not divided on the matters of the day. And so how do you and I cultivate the mind of Christ on the matters of the day um, that under his headship, we might we might participate as parts of the body of Christ in the world today, not as dysfunctional or um, paralyzed parts of the body, but active, effective parts of the body under the headship of Christ. Like, right, Christ is the head of the body that is the church. That's one of the images given in the New, New Testament to describe the church. So we have the body of Christ or the bride of Christ. We have the vine and the branches. We have the image of kingdom, the kingdom, kingdom citizens. King, king, mm-hmm, I can say that. Kingdom citizens, kingdom ambassadors, the ecclesia, the gathered people of God. Uh, And so I just want to encourage you today, when we hear Jesus pray for us in John 17, that we would be one, that we would be one, that's that's brothers and sisters in Christ, that we would be one in the same way that he is one with the Father. I want you to pause there and consider what kind of unity Jesus is talking about when when he is praying that the church his people, you you and I, that we would be unified in such a way, at such a depth, that the way that we experience unity with one another as fellow believers would be like the unity that he experiences with the Father. That is some closeness. Uh, That's some oneness. Um, That is a, a unity not only in spirit, that is a unity in reality and in purpose, um, and it's eternal. So let's remember today, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. For what purpose? That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I mean, it is true. There was a time when 
You and I were not a part of the people of God, but now we are God's people. Once we had not received mercy, but now we have received mercy, and that changes everything. So let us be people who extend that mercy and grace to more and more people as we make the gospel known through the unity of spirit and the bond of peace we enjoy as fellow believers. Up next, I've got Dr. James Merritt. Um, You already know him, but he has a new book out, Character Still Matters. He and I are going to talk about what is character? Why does it matter? And why does it matter right now in terms of the potential restoration uh, of our culture? So up next, Dr. James Merritt. We'll be right back. Joining me now, I've got Dr. James Merritt. He's a pastor. He's an author. He's past president of the Southern Baptist Convention. He's the host of the Touching Lives television program. Um, He's got a lot of credentials. Um, He's a person of character, and we're talking with him today about his new book, Character Still Matters. Dr. Merritt, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Yeah, Carmen, how are you doing today? I'm, you know, I am great. I um, I have had the opportunity over the weekend to gather with brothers and sisters in Christ and worship the living God, and and I have the opportunity today to to speak His word and encouragement into the lives of, of fellow believers. So my my life is pretty blessed. Well, as the old song puts it, every day with Jesus is better than the day before. Amen. All right. So here's a um, so here's a line out of this morning's headlines that I thought was a good tee up for our conversation about character. Um, this this headline has nothing to do with what you and I technically are going to talk about, but I'm pretty sure you can um, you're going to be able to see the uh, connection here. So this is uh, this is a headline about the economic fallout related to the coronavirus. The world is awash in too much crude. <laughs> that is a great <laughs> headline, is it not? I mean, it's it's kind of a double entendre there. Uh, it really is true, and that's really you know, uh, Carmen, a little. Uh, uh, revealing about the book character, my character, my book character still counts. It's not a book I wanted to do. Uh, I actually pitched about three or four other uh, ideas to my publisher. They didn't go for it. Then they came to me about a year and a half ago and said, "Hey, the election's coming up. Character's a big issue. We think you're the guy to write it." I, I literally started from scratch. It was almost like a PhD dissertation. And what I discovered is, uh, as we all know, it's not anything new, Carmen. There is a lot of crude flowing out there. Uh, it seems like that the river of character is running increasingly dry year after year after year. And this is why I really do believe the book is such a timely topic. Yeah, there's no question it's a timely topic. Uh, recent Gallup poll found that 72 percent of Americans believe the state of moral values in the United States is getting worse. Um, you you absolutely lay out in Character Still Matters um, how we how we as Christians can intentionally turn that around by cultivating or investing um, in these character traits that are essential to godly living. Talk talk with us, first of all, about what is character and maybe how it is different than reputation. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go, because the whole foundation of the book is found in in that thesis, because, and and here's why I addressed it, Carmen. Uh, Many of your listeners will remember that years and years ago, there was a great uh, tennis player, his name was Andre Agassi. And he did a series of ads for a, um, a, a, a camera company. And the theme of the ads was uh, image is everything. It was very effective. It was super effective. 
Well, our culture has bought into that hook, line, and sinker. Image is everything. Even politicians today, they know it's, it's the age of the 10-minute soundbite. It's how you look. It's how you're managed. It's, it's, it's uh, how you're polished up. And I point out right off the bat that we've got the first thing we've got to do is dif differentiate between character and reputation. Reputation is what other people think you are, but character is what God knows that you are. Oh, on my office desk, I've got a quote by a 19th century evangelist, Dwight, Dwight L. Moody. And I remember it every day. He said, if I take care of my character, my reputation will take care of itself. And at the end of your life, uh, Carmen, I would challenge our readers, our, our listeners to think about this. At the end of your life, it really won't matter what other people think about you. It's really irrelevant in a way. What really will matter is what does God think of you? And when you look in the mirror, what did you see when you looked in the mirror? And I, I love this quote I came across. Somebody once said, many a man's reputation would not know his character if they met on the street. And I'm afraid that's true for too many people today. Mm. Uh, so I'm talking with Dr. James Merritt. We're talking about his new book, Character Still Matters. If you want a copy, we have several uh, to give away. All you have to do is text the word book to 877-933-2484. You're going to text the word book. Don't don't text anything more than the word book or you mess up the whole system. Text the word book to 877-933-2484 if you want to enter the drawing for the copies that we have here in the studio of Character Still Matters by Dr. James Merritt. When we come back, we're going to unpack some of these character traits, integrity, humility, respect, forgiveness, perseverance, self-control, honesty, loyalty, authenticity, courage, generosity, and faithfulness. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. There's always a reason to always choose joy. There's something deeper that the world can't destroy. Smile when you think you can. Continuing my conversation with Dr. James Merritt, uh, we are talking about his newest book, Character Still Counts. It's time to restore our lasting values. We have copies to give away. If you are interested in entering the drawing, uh, please text the word book to 877-933-2484. Um, Dr. Merritt, let's talk about some of these um, key character qualities or traits. And specifically, you use the term invest uh, to describe the process of personal character development. We often think of investment as financial. So talk about these traits and then talk about this concept of investing in them. Well, you know, if I could just even start with the, with the very first one is integrity. And when I talked to my publisher, Carmen, I, I insisted that this be the first chapter because I do believe that integrity is the foundation of all character. I, I taught my three boys growing up, no matter what else is true about you, if you don't have integrity, you really don't have anything. And as we talk through these various character traits, integrity, honesty, humility, loyalty, respect, authenticity, generosity, courage, perseverance, self-control, forgiveness, faithfulness. When we talk through these things, they really are investments. We invest every day from the moment you get out of bed until you get up. You invest your time. Right now, I'm investing my time with you. You're investing your time with me. We invest our time interacting with other people. We invest our time making business decisions. We invest our money when we go to the grocery store. So really, all of life is an investment. And I, in the book, am absolutely convinced at the end of the day, you will never make a greater investment, first of all, in your own life. For all of you parents out there listening, you'll never make a greater investment in the life of your children. And for all of those of you who maybe either own a company or you have employees under you, you will never make a greater investment in your business or the people that work for you than investing in your character and the character of other people. So, Dr. Merritt, we've got these 12 traits that are really essential um, 
essential parts of godly living. I, I would concur with you. Um, the integrity, this this reality of living an integrated life. We have so many people, including many people who go to church on Sunday mornings and profess, you know, Christ, who are living disintegrated lives. I just want you to encourage people to stop that and actually um, desire an authentic, an authentically integrated Christian life. You know, that's such a great question. I'm gonna, if you'll let me, I'm going to preach for just a moment since I Please. am a pastor. You know, the average Christian thinks that their main job is to come to church, and they're wrong. Their main job is not to come to church. Their main job is to leave the church and to live the Christian life in front of other people. Uh, I told our people uh, this uh, a couple of weeks ago, you cannot carry out the Great Commission in a church. You can't do it within those four walls. That's what we've been all called to do. And, and we've not been called, if, if, if all you do is go to church and then you live like everybody else, what you are literally doing is you're hiding your light under a bushel, which is exactly what Jesus said we shouldn't do. The light is not for the church because we have the light of the world in the church. The light is for the world that's living in spiritual darkness. And uh, I believe it's, it's the greatest need we have in America. I think it's greater than reducing the deficit. I think it's greater than, uh, you know, even trying to, to, to heal our political differences, because I firmly believe that first of all, when Christians get back to understanding that our, our Christian life is mainly to be lived out in the public arena, and number two, when people of all stripes and creeds and colors make up their mind, character really does count. That's when we'll begin to make progress in all these other areas. There are lots of people listening right now who are nodding their heads and um, and they're celebrating. <laughs> they're 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 acknowledging. Um, not only the rightness, but the righteousness of, of what we're talking about. They're also wondering, how um, how do we transmit that generation to generation? So you've mentioned that you've got three boys. Talk, talk with us about, because, um, you know, for those of us who are now of an age where we might have greater influence over our grandkids who are six and under than we do over our kids who are in their 20s and 30s, um, talk, talk with us about um, how we transmit this character counts or, st- or character still counts message to emerging generations? And you know, that, that sounds like a very complex question. And I love Jesus so much for one of the reasons I love him so much is he simplified the complicated. Let me just tear, share with your listeners two words to do this. It's not hard. The first word is modeling and the second word is mentoring. And that's exactly what Jesus did with 12 men for three years. He modeled for them. This is what a kingdom citizen looks like. This is what someone who loves the Heavenly Father looks like. This is what someone who loves the Lord their God with all their heart, mind, and strength, and loves their neighbor themselves. This is what they look like. This is how they act. This is how they respond to people. So the first key is just living it out yourself, just modeling it. And then the second thing he did, he mentored them. He would take real-life situations, for example, and he would say, this is how you handle this. So, for example, uh, where the other disciples, like a lot of adults back in that day, didn't value children a lot, saw them as a nuisance. Jesus showed them, you know what? You welcome little children as if they were the king of the universe. When, 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 a, when a man would come or a woman would come with a demon in them, he would say, hey, guys, this kind only comes out by prayer. And so that and, and by the way, you never your kids will never get too old for you to model character and mentor character before them. It's something you can do even up to the very way you die. I believe that a Christian should even model and mentor for people how to go to the end of their life and spend eternity with God. 
people are going to want more of what they're getting right now. So let me be sure that you know um, that you can find Dr. James Merritt at touchinglives.org, touchinglives.org, um, if you want to hear him preach and teach. And uh, there's daily, there's all kinds of great stuff there. So touchinglives.org. We're talking specifically today about his new book, Character Still Counts. It's a time to restore our lasting values. If you're interested in entering the drawing we have for the copies that we have here in studio, just text the word book to 877-933-2484. Dr. Merritt, we probably have time uh, for you to share one more thought. Um, Maybe... Maybe give people a sense of uh, of sort of how the book unfolds, because you do use role models from the Bible and and people of good character um, today to help us understand how this all works. Yeah, you know, one of the things that, that that my publisher helped me to do, this book is both for believers and unbelievers. Let me tell you what I mean. Only about maybe 30 to 40 percent of the book deals with a with a biblical, you might say biblical truth. Though it's all based on biblical truth, but what I've done is is each chapter is built this way. I first of all explain, you know, why we need this character back in our society, why how it's missing, and then I talk about <clears throat> what does it mean, what is this character trait, what is it really all about, and and and, th- and then I take a biblical character uh, from the Bible. And by the way, you don't even have to believe the Bible to study the biblical character. But I'll take a biblical character from the Bible and I illustrate this is how in real life this character lived, this this character trade out. And then I come back at the end of each chapter and I say, this is how you can practically both inculcate this character in your life and how you can practically apply it in your life. The thing I love about the book, and, and believe it or not, it really is a book as much as anything else, Carmen, for parents. Because I really do believe where we're really missing the boat in our country today and what we're seeing is the lack. Uh, it's, it's, it's multi-generational. It's a lack of parents modeling the kind of character that we want our kids to have and mentoring that kind of character. And I really believe that character still counts, has to begin in the home if it's really going to spread throughout our country. It's so good, um, and it's so timely. Dr. Uh, Merritt, thank you so much for joining us today. We want to encourage people to check out touchinglives.org. Um, The book that was the centerpiece of our conversation today, Character Still Counts, It's Time to Restore Our Lasting Values. Thank you so much, Dr. Merritt, for being here. Carmen, thank you and have a blessed day. Thank you. You as well. We'll be right back. Okay, this is going to be maybe sound like an odd request. Um, This is not the kind of request I have often made of listeners. But we are uh, we are aware that there are several dozen Minnesotans uh, on board the Grand Princess, and which is the which is the cruise uh, ship that is going to be docking in Oakland today. Um, and so we're just curious, uh, maybe and maybe you don't have to be a Minnesotan to answer this question, but maybe you know someone on board that ship. We would really love to have the opportunity to connect with somebody who is quarantined aboard that cruise ship, and so. Um, Our most effective way of doing that is to ask the many tens of thousands of you who are listening right now, um, if you become aware of somebody uh, who is on board the the Grand Princess and you might be able to put us in touch with them, that would be great. You can always email me, Carmen at MyFaithRadio.com, or you can uh, text the information to 877-933-2484. Again, we're just looking for a contact um, who might be aboard the Grand Princess, somebody that we could talk with during what we anticipate will at least be some period of time of quarantine 
there in uh, in Oakland. Again, you can email me, Carmen, at MyFaithRadio.com. You can always text us the information at 877-933-2484. All right, next up, I am talking with Dr. David Aikman about the coronavirus globally, um, as well as um, some financial market information related to it and other things going on internationally because, yeah, actually, that's not the only thing happening. So up next, my weekly conversation about all things global with Dr. David Aikman. We'll be right back. This is Max Lucado. Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. Five letters. Six hours. One cross. Three nails. We live because of Jesus. We live because he lives. Hope because he works and matter because he matters. To be saved by grace is to be saved by Jesus, not by an idea or a doctrine or creed or church membership, but by Jesus, our Redeemer himself, who will sweep into heaven anyone who so much as gives him the nod. Timid Jesus, not on your life. Timid Jesus happens only on Christmas and Easter. The real Jesus claims every tick of the clock. Timid Jesus winks at sin, but the real Jesus nukes it. Timid Jesus is a lucky charm crucifix on a necklace. Jesus is a tiger in your heart. Do you know this Jesus? Let's talk about Jesus. This is Max Lucado. So we've had a little challenge connecting with Dr. Aikman. So um, I'm going to share with you um, some some global headlines uh, that we are paying attention to this morning. Uh, so last week, and actually for the last several weeks, we've been talking about the peace agreement between the United States and the Taliban in, uh, in Afghanistan. And um, part of the requirement of that peace deal that was signed by the United States and the Taliban last week was that tomorrow, on March the 10th, this intra-Afghan negotiation process would begin, where the Afghan government would enter into peace talks directly with the Taliban. Um, and there are those who within Afghanistan who support that. There are others in Afghanistan who do not support that. Um, and very tragically, we're just learning that this morning, as Afghan President um, Ashraf Ghani was being sworn in to a second five-year term, um, that uh, that event uh, during the swearing-in ceremony was interrupted by a series of blasts and gunfire inside the presidential palace and compound where people had gathered to watch the ceremony. So we're learning just now, um, this information just now coming out of Kabul. Uh, Ghani was rushed away from the scene by security forces unhurt, um, but there's no not yet word of casualties related to that event. I think that it is a stark reminder um, of how unique, of how utterly unique it is to live in a country, here I'm going to talk about the United States of America, um, where we, we just don't do this to each other. We don't do this to one another. We recognize that even though we might have very grave disagreements with people across the political aisle, um, we do not resort to violence when somebody other than our guy wins. Um, and so the the peaceful transfer of power in the United States every four years or every eight years or sometimes four years and sometimes eight years in terms of who is, uh, you know, who serves this nation 
in the highest office of of the president, um, you know, that transfer takes place in a way that recognizes that we're all in this together. We're all Americans and we're not going to resort to violence even um, if, you know, our perceived guy doesn't win. And so I just want to I want to highlight how unique that is. And I want for us to be praying today for peace. And you and I recognize that there's often no peace. Let's use Afghanistan as an example here. But we could be talking today about Syria. Um, We could be talking about Yemen. We could be talking about the Sudans. We could be talking um, about Bangladesh uh, or Burma. We could be talking about um, uh, the the plight of people in so many conflict zones around the world um, and and having the same conversation. That, and that is that there there is an absence of peace because people genuinely do not know and do not follow the one who is the Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ really does provide a peace which passes all understanding. And people who um, who are followers of Christ really do work to live at peace with others, even with those um, with whom we have deep, grave disagreements. We really do seek to live at peace, not only with one another as fellow brothers and sisters with whom we're going to spend all eternity, but we we seek the peace of the cities where we live right here and right now, even when they are governed by people with whom we vehemently disagree. And you and I here in the United States of America, those of you who are listening, you know, across the northern border in Canada, and those of you who are listening in democracies around the world, you know that we have a unique, um, a unique privilege because there are many, many Christians who do not live uh, with the kind of freedom and the kind of temporal peace that we enjoy um, and so we want to be praying today for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are living under uh, regimes around the world where the prospect of ever having the kind of public freedom that we have to gather for worship to, I mean, we talked with Nick Hall about the public reading of Scripture. They're going to they're going to stand for three hours. Um, uh, well, they're going to stand there for a lot longer than that. But for three hours of the year of the Bible event that's taking place on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in in July, um, they're going to, for three solid hours, they're just going to publicly read the Word of God. And that's going to be not only, you know, right there in, in, in our nation's capital for all to hear, but it's going to be simulcast around the world. Like, right, we have the privilege of the public gathering for worship, the public reading of Scripture, um, the proclamation of the gospel for the salvation of our neighbors. No one is going to stop you today from sharing the good news of who Jesus is, because because sharing that good news is legal here, and it's illegal in so many places. It's it's considered you know contrary to blasphemy laws around the globe to share a Christ with people in a way that might lead to their conversion, like with the goal of someone actually converting from the dominant faith in in a given place or region and the faith of uh, of Christianity. And so I just want you to consider the great profound privilege that it is today, wherever you are, to be a Christian freely, freely, the free exercise of your faith today. Um, and so let's be sure that we pause and pray for the people of, of Afghanistan as literally things are erupting there. Let us be praying for Christians in places like North Korea um, and China, where the the government um, considers it illegal for people to have any faith, demonstrate any faith 
Um, and certainly Christianity tops that list. People are being imprisoned in countries around the world because they are practicing um, the faith that you and I so freely enjoy here in the United States. So I want to be praying today for the people of Syria, particularly in the region of Idlib, which is being actively uh, bombed by Russian airstrikes, um, and and Turkey is also bombing there. Um, and so we want to be lifting up those people. We want to be lifting up the Syrian refugees amassed on the Turkish border, hoping to cross into Greece. We want to lift up refuge 27 million refugees um, right now with nowhere to go and no prospect of ever returning home. Um, you know, so on and on and on, we could be looking at places around the globe where people are living in, you know, at the very verge of life and death, and they're living in desperation. And you and I, even even with, I, I recognize the relative fear of the coronavirus, we don't live in the fear of imminent death at the hands of our own government. Um, and we also are not going to strike out in violence uh, neighbor against neighbor. We're going to love our neighbors in the midst of whatever the coronavirus produces here and in the midst of this particular political cycle. All right, we're going to still try to raise uh, Dr. Aikman, um, but let's take a brief break. And um, in the meantime, let's be praying for people around the globe. We'll be right back. My name is Bond, James Bond. All right, we've got Dr. David Aikman now. Uh, He is the editor of Godspeed magazine. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much, Carmen. Delightful to hear the sound of your voice this morning. Um, so we Great. have been we have been watching this morning as financial markets um, respond around the globe um, to you know to news that the coronavirus is probably going to continue to spread. Um, and so I'm just curious uh, in, in terms of the reaction of the markets, um, what what you're seeing and how you're reacting. Well. It's obviously going to be very serious because the virus is obviously continuing to explode in different countries, particularly in countries where the economy is seriously affected when people go into quarantine and they can't go to work and so forth. So the economic impact is palpable, not just obviously in China, but in all of the major currency markets in the world. And uh, I don't think this will stop anytime soon. So I'm going to read a few of the headlines related to this so folks uh, get briefed in this morning. Italy has reported not only a huge jump in deaths from coronavirus, but a surge of uh, more than 50 percent, you know, like day over day. And so they have ordered what is an unprecedented peacetime lockdown um, and and so they've got 16 million of their people quarantined. Schools are closed. No one is allowed within a meter of another person at places like, let's say, church. Um, on Sunday, also, Saudi Arabia cut off access to uh, Shiite Muslim towns and villages in the entire east portion of the kingdom, quartering, quartering off um, 11. Uh, uh, well, anyway, this is a huge portion of the country is now like cordoned off in Saudi Arabia. Um, they had already right. suspended pilgrimages to the holy cities of Mecca and Medina. In Iran, we've got state media reporting that all flights to Europe are suspended indefinitely. Um, in France, um, we've got a ban on gatherings of more than a thousand people. I mean, on and on and on. Um, and so as we see nations respond in this way, you know, as a person who has freely traveled, as you have traveled as a journalist, uh, you know, over the over the course of your career, 
you know, talk about the realities of somebody who right now, let's say, is is in a place because of work, um, like a work trip um, or a conference, and now they can't they can't go home. I'm just I'm just wondering, have you ever been kind of stuck in a place for any period of time and you didn't anticipate being there that long? No, I haven't experienced this at all, and I don't think anybody in the world, even in the SARS crisis, encountered this kind of international shutdown that has taken place. And, uh, you know, it's okay to say, well, when the weather gets a little warmer, uh, you know, the virus will be less impactful, which is true, except in Ireland, it never gets warm. So I think, you know, we've had a few cases. We haven't had any deaths in Ireland, but there have been about 36 deaths in, in the UK. And, of course, the main area of fatality continues to be Italy, as far as Europe is concerned. And Italy is really locked down completely in the area of Lombardy in the north of the country. Um, I mean, what is your sense, uh, uh, Dr. Aikman? I mean, I, I will just say that, you know, I have concern for my, you know, 80 plus year old parents. Um, I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, where you live and the way people are talking about things where you are. Um, is there is there a sense that, hey, we are going to avoid, you know, international travel? We're going to avoid a lot of, I mean, are people sort of ramping up their own personal concern um, and and changing their plans? Well, absolutely. The place where I live, uh, there's a complete lockdown. You can't go out. You cannot receive visitors from anywhere, especially if they've traveled overseas recently. So it's a very serious situation that most of the institutions in Ireland are paying close attention to. And I don't think we're going to see this improve uh, for at least a month, maybe maybe much longer, unfortunately. Uh, and the, the global economy, I think, is going to experience repercussions from the economic slowdown in all kinds of ways that we haven't even anticipated previously. So we'll just have to watch very carefully. Well, apparently here in the United States, news is this morning, the number of coronavirus uh, cases has surpassed uh, 500. Um, But that's just nothing like countries like Italy are experiencing. Um, Number of cases there rose over the weekend to more than Um, 7,000. I mean, I I just think that, um, uh, you know, we're not we're not trying to provoke panic, um, certainly. um, But I do think there's a reasonable level of concern. I think so, too. I mean, I, I don't, at least as far as the U.S. is concerned, I haven't noticed any overall panic. But there's obviously a lot of fear in parts of the country, especially where the virus has surfaced, like California and Washington State and New York City and so on, because... Those are the locations where if a virus infection spreads, it's very likely to spread quickly in those particular places. So um, it's quite unpredictable how it will continue. Yeah, it seems like a good time for us to remind ourselves that uh, 
But in Christ, um, we are not going to be people who live in fear um, that God holds us in the very palm of his hand, that this does give us an opportunity to not only serve our neighbors, um, but to rely on God's goodness um, and his greatness, and also to not fall victim to to people um, who would try to use this as an opportunity to, I don't know, sort of like scare people into coming to faith. Like, I, I think that there are opportunities present for us to serve our neighbors um, without fear and extend the grace of God to more and more people. Um, but I also guess I fear there are ways in which this would be used um, as people in, you know, for for less than gracious uh, uh, approaches to the to the sharing of the gospel. Well, you've also got God's words from 89. Um, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of his presence. He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Well, we know that the pestilence of coronavirus is in some cases deadly. And I don't have any assurance that this place where I live is going to protect me under normal circumstances from any deadly pestilence, but I'm relying on that word to keep this place completely free from any case of the virus setting foot, and uh, I'm going to rest on that and see what happens. So um, you'll appreciate this, David. My maiden name is Fowler. And so anytime anybody makes reference to Psalm 124 or Psalm 91 and the Fowler's snare, I I come up a little, like I pause and I think, I hope people don't ever think I am setting for them the Fowler's snare. (laughs) I know, I'm now a a Laberge, which is a herder of sheep. And so I feel like I have moved from Fowler to Laberge, and it's been a very positive migration for me in terms of, uh, the etymology of my name. That's just a very safe change of name that you've acquired. So let's hope that continues to protect you. <laughs> Dr. Aikman, thank you as always uh, for joining us. It's a delight uh, to hear the sound of your voice. We'll catch up next week. All right. Thank you so much, Tommy. Blessing, sir. We'll be right back. All right, I'll leave you uh, with this today um, because there's going to be an, uh, a push towards um, what I'll describe as prepping for isolation. Um, let me just encourage you to also consider how you will use technology and um, abundance in order to bless others if and when it becomes time to self-quarantine, self-isolate. You know, kids are going to be home from school and things like that. Um, if there's a way to serve our neighbors who might still have to go to work. I mean, who's going to keep their kids? I mean, on and on and on. Like, we got all kinds of opportunities here before us. So be sure that your church is prepared to serve well um, in your neighborhood and in your city. And let's also be be prepared if our church cannot gather what it looks like to be the church distributed in our own communities during this time. Um, How are we going to continue to live as Christians, even if we're not really um, encouraged to gather together in large crowds and spaces. So just uh, all kinds of things to think about today in this new season. Uh, I am your host, Carmen LaBerge. This is Mornings with Carmen. 
Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.